This is Roots and Shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Oh, and such a big welcome to you. Hilary Smale is my name with you for the next hour, along with Sabrina Hahn. It's the best time of the week, isn't it, Sabrina? I know, Hilary. I do love my Saturday morning. <laughs> How do you go gardening when it's really sloshy and wet outside? Uh, well, I tend to duck under cover quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's a heavy downpour, uh, I'm not really that into it. That can, um, yep. But I do have, I've got boots and I've got a raincoat. So, you know, as cool. long as you can get in and get dry. Actually, I, I've, <laughs> if people um, think that gardening is good for you, go to my web page, I'm on my Facebook page, yep. which is Sabrina Hahn, Hort with Heart. I've loaded a video and it's the most hilarious thing. It's a guy that's gardening. Mm-hmm. Um just bare topped, but has his duds on. That's smart. Uh, very smart. But he's he's. I could only describe as one of the most joyful gardeners I've ever seen. And in the background is the way he applies the soil and fertilizer. It is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> so if you're having a down day and it's raining and you can't get outside, just check out this little video clip. It is very, very funny. Beautiful. I'm going to check that out after the show. I love it. Half nude uh, gardener. Yep, and he's joyous. It's <laughs> all I can say. Absolutely joyous. Oh, lovely. Hey, 1300 222 720 is the number to call in on this morning for the next hour if you have a question for Sabrina. Um, and we'll start, I think, with some texts that have already come through. Let's do. Sab. Let's do. Um, so Michelle has said, Hi, Sabrina, can you tell me when I pull up my potatoes? They've been in a few months now. Oh, okay. So. I would still leave them in the ground for a little bit longer. Um, so you're looking at minimum 20 weeks for potatoes. Uh, so what you can do is you can just have a little dig down and see if there's anything, you know, dig up a couple of potatoes and see what size they are. But usually I, I like to leave mine in for 25, 30 weeks. Unless you're wanting baby potatoes, then, of course, you bit earlier. Earlier, yep. yeah. Uh, David in Girraween says, what's this black stuff on my native shrubs? It's affected uh, five of the six shrubs. Yes, I, I can see that from here already. Mm. Um, it's sooty mould and the reason that you've got sooty mould is because there's been either aphids or scale that secrete honeydew and then the sooty mould grows on that sticky honeydew. So... Get out the high-pressure hose, give it a blast, then spray the entire bush with a pest oil, leave it on for a couple of weeks and then go through with the high-pressure hose again and it'll just knock all that, um, well, it'll knock the scale about but also the sooty mould off the off the stems. Fantastic. There you go, David. Let's um, head to the phones. We've got Adia in Mandra. Hi, what's your question for Sabrina? Hello. Hello, hello, ladies. Hello, Adia. Uh, I have um, a very precious little fruit tree. It's two metres tall. It's, I've had it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's a nectarine plum. It's, they call it a hybrid yeah. tree. Yep. And it hasn't sprouted. It hasn't. I have pruned it to my height, which is um, quite tall. Yeah. But with this weather... It's making it's making like orange like a jelly come out in some spots. 
Ah. Now, is it in the in a in the pot or in the ground? No, it's in the ground. Okay, so that could be a slime mould. Mm-hmm. Um, what you need to do is you need to dig that out. Yes. Can you? Can you? You'll find that it won't go very deep anyway, and it's because we've had so much wet weather and it's damp and it's you know, humid. All the conditions that 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 loves. As soon as we start getting sunshine, warm weather, and it dries up a bit, you'll find that that will die anyway. But it's important. I can hear your beautiful magpies. Oh, <laughs> My family has come oh. for breakfast. Oh. They sound so beautiful. I know. They're all at my front <laughs> Door, looking at me. I'm just wanting some gardening advice from yeah, Sabrina. Yeah, that's right. Um, so just scrape that away. And put nothing else on? No, you won't need to put anything else on. You can you can put, um, you can give it a copper, liquid copper spray at the base of the trunk of the tree. Okay. But that's all you'll need to do. Okay. Now I'm going to feed my baby. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay Adia. Thank Keep you for singing. your advice. Thanks, Adia. Cheers. Uh, we've got Liz on the line. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, Liz nice. on the line in uh, Sterling. Hi, Liz. Oh, hi, Sabrina. <clears throat> um, a while back, I've run you two or three times about my yesterday, today. And oh, yes, yes, yes. Flowering. Yeah. And you gave me a very good idea last time was to dig the buggers up. <laughs> And Fantastic. How did that go? So, yeah, I've done the, dug the buggers up. Yep. And I've got rid of the, as much root system as I can. Yeah. So I want you to tell me what to replace them with. Oh. It's southwest facing. Yes. So they get a lot of sun yep. in the afternoon. And yep. I do like pretty. I do like flowers. Okay. 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 So you could put something like the Plectranthus. There's one called Plectranthus Little Elvis, Little which is Elvis. yeah. So yeah. Um, the 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 other one is uh, Plectranthus Mona Lavender, which is a bit taller, but they have yeah. beautiful. So they've got deep green leaves with purple underside, and then they yeah. have these beautiful purple flowers nearly all year round. Oh, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Now the other day, I won't keep you too long to be fair to others, but I saw a smoky sort of looking bush with a purple flower on it. That's beautiful. That's Eremophila Nivea. Would that go okay? Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a beautiful plant and tough as old boots. So Eremophila Eremophila Nivea, N-I-V-E-A. How do I spell that plec word? Plectranthus, P-L-E-C-T-R-A-N-T-H-U-S. Oh. I would put in the Plectranthus and the Aromophila because the two of them yep. together would look beautiful. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Okay, Liz. Thanks for your call, Liz. Thanks, Those um, purple things, are they natives? The Plectranthus? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No, but the Aromophila is. Yeah, I've been mm. noticing some purple native thingies popping up around. It's probably the Aromophilas because okay. they're all coming out in flower now and mm. they're just magnificent. Yeah, they really stand out. And there's one called Beryl's... Aromophila Beryl's Beauty or something to do with Beryl. Yep. Um, Beryl will call so, and tell us. <laughs> so Beryl obviously is a family member of whoever the breeders are that are breeding the Aromophila. Good on you, Beryl, because you're an absolute ripper. <laughs> uh, Julie is in South Perth. Hi, Julie. You've got a question about plane trees. Yes, I certainly have. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I've had an arbor- arborist planted some plane trees about 10 years ago. Yeah. Now, when we put them in, we put concrete ring- rings around them about 600 deep. Yes. To stop them from 
uh, bringing up the soil around the uh, driveway. Yeah. Now, the, I've just removed all the seaside daisies and I've noticed that some of the roots from the top of the tree are coming along the, the garden underneath and they're about a metre long. Yep. Can, can I cut those off? You can. Um, now, what will happen, the... The root system that that is supplying water and nutrients to that part of the tree will suffer. So if you are going to cut that root off, you need to do it now while they're dormant, Julie. Yes. Don't do it midsummer. No. Um, It will, I don't know if it's an anchor root or, but anyway, um, they have uh, a very extensive root system. So you can... You can definitely cut that root off, but it will affect one part of the tree, uh, but the tree will recover. Okay, then that's great. And also, on my crepe myrtles, two of them um, shoot from the base. Now, I oh, okay. did a couple of years ago yep. to cut them off, yep. and put bricks over top and, and yep. mulch it really thoroughly. Well, I yep. did that. Yep. And they're the still coming grew through. All the way underneath the bricks yeah. that came up the sides. It's unfortunate. Crepe, there's quite a few crepe myrtles do that. And you've just got to keep cutting them off, Julie. I've got about ten, and there's only two that do it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bizarre thing because it's only certain crepe myrtles that do it, and others don't. Oh, so okay, well, yeah. I'll just I'm keep sorry. Bit <laughs> of work there. <laughs> Thank you very Thanks much for your today. questions, Thanks, Julie. Julie. And uh, we'll take one more call from Alex in Albany. I think then we'll head to some uh, texts, yeah, Sabrina. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's uh, quarter past nine. You're with Hilary Smale and Sabrina Hahn on Roots and Shoots. Alex, you've got a question about veggie garden soil. Sorry, Alex. You're there. Oh, Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Alex. Love your program. Thank you. Um, I'm just starting out quite a large-scale garden down in Albany. Yeah. And um, I was fortunate enough to get um, about six semi-trails of good pH neutral dark soil. Yeah. With not many kite growers. Now, I've <clears throat> planted you know, various things, potatoes and uh, strawberries and blueberries and stuff, and I've put some pea hay around. Now, how do I improve soil for various, you know, different types of plants that like slightly different types of soil on such a big scale? Okay. Um, Yes. Okay, um, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about how soil works with plant roots and Dr Bugalugs, Daryl was, um, he talked briefly about it, about soil science and yeah. what happens under the soil. So the big thing, Alex, is to build up the biology of the soil, basically. Yeah. So you need to get those micro soil microorganisms in the soil. You're down in Albany. There is a fertiliser that you can get that's encapsulated with microscopic fungi and bacteria. That's the big thing because what those, what those microbes do is they act as a buffer to pH. So most veggies will grow in soil that's between, you know, 6 to 7.5. So, yep. um, so it's a matter of just building up the biology of the soil and once you've got really good biology, then that delivers various nutrients to plant roots. So you've already got a good base, which is fantastic. You can add some manure and you can also add mature compost. So the compost has to be aged compost, not fresh compost, because unless it's composted down, it'll draw on nitrogen to help it in that breaking down process. 
All right. So from my turning composting, I'll empty that, leave that out for a bit and yep. let that break down a bit, then spread yeah. it around the bottom of the plant. Absolutely. It's perfect, perfect. Oh. And you can use, with veggies, you can use chicken manure, horse manure, sheep manure or cow manure. Fantastic. And that's all you need to do, really? Thanks, Sabrina. Okay. Thanks for your question, Alex, in uh, Albany. Hope you're staying warm there. Um, It's 17 past nine. We'll catch up with Barry Price from Chem Centre and talk more about soils in a moment. I've got a decision you need to make now, though, Sabrina. Oh, okay. So we've got some backing music for our text messages. Um, You can either have bongos or Hawaiian. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to go with? I think I'll go the bongos. Bongos. Yeah. All right. Let's go and whip through. Oh, yeah. I am loving that. All right. So Ray in North Beach says, uh, what's the best size pot to raise dwarf fruit trees? Pots will be in a driveway about 150 metres from the beach. Okay. So you would need at least a 50 litre pot. So that's going to be about 60 centimetres high and about the same width. Thank you. One from Steph. Uh, my uh, Morning, Sabrina. I have six white sage seedlings in pots. Mm. They all look very healthy except one which is browning in the leaves. Uh, please, could you let me know what you think it is and what I should do? Okay, the one that's browning in the leaf, I can see here, um, it's either got pythium, uh, which is a soil-borne fungus, or it's just too wet. So you need to, particularly with sage, they don't like being sodden. So you just need to... Put that to one side and let it dry out. If if it's still going downhill, um, if it is pythium, look, I'd just rip it out, get rid of that soil because it's not really worth spraying. Good so. o. Soph in Rosa Glen, which is um, inland marks apparently, um, she has a hydrangea in a pot and while we wait until they start designing the garden, it always seems to be on death's door. What, <laughs> what's she doing wrong? Apparently it gets morning sun, so that's uh, not the wrong thing. Uh, no. Um, look, I don't, I don't know what's going wrong there. Um, hydrangea, well, look, hydrangeas are not looking their best at the moment because they're all dormant in winter, so they'll be yellow, dropping their leaves and maybe have have some buds on them. Hydrangeas do very well in a heavier soil. I know you've got them in a pot. Um, I would say that, you know, as soon as they start emerging with leaves, foliar feed them. So you get a spray, particularly a trace element spray, and you spray all the foliage with it and you do it every fortnight. All righty. Thanks, Sabrina. One no, final pleasure. one from mm. Kate. Yes. Uh, please ask Sabrina how to dissolve salt in vinegar. It's to make the solution that oh, you always yeah. recommend for weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, works well, but the salt will not dissolve, dissolve easily. No, that's right. So what you have to do is you have to... So there's two ways about this because it's you've got a litre of vinegar and one cup of salt and then you add a couple of drops of detergent just to get it to mix around. In order to get the salt to dissolve, you either heat the vinegar up You don't boil it, you just heat it up in a pot and you pour the salt in and you stir it so it dissolves. Or you can put the salt in with hot water, just a cup, you know, put in the bottom of a pan and just put water just to cover the salt and you dissolve it in the water. Then you pour the vinegar in, then the couple of drops of detergent, then you use it. Easy. There you go, Kate. Easy peasy. Thanks so much for your text. 0437 922 720. If you have a question for Sabrina this morning, it's 20 past nine.
Spring is in the air and in the latest issue of ABC Organic Gardener magazine, we look at the health benefits of getting out into your garden. Peter Cundall shares easy gardening techniques for people of all ages and abilities. We plant spring flowers ideal for allergy sufferers and show you how to make the perfect healthful herbal infusion. Plus, there's practical advice on growing mini pumpkins and table grapes. ABC Organic Gardener magazine, available from newsagents and abcshop.com.au. You're with Hilary Smale and Sabrina Hahn here on Roots and Shoots right through until 10 o'clock on ABC Radio Perth and WA, one 720 if you have a question uh, that you want answered this morning. But a lot of um, gardeners and questions have been coming through about soil yeah. um, today and that's fantastic because we have Barry Price from Chem Centre in the studio this morning as part of Roots and Shoots. Barry, welcome. Okay, thank you. Tell us firstly what, um, what you do at Chem Centre when it comes to soil testing and, and the service that you offer for people um, around Perth and WA? Well, normally with soil testing, there's a whole variety of uh, aspects. You can look at the soil. Uh, we do a, can do a basic screen for the pH, the salinity, and then for the uh, nutrients in the soil. Uh, with soils there, it's, it's not the absolute amount that's in the soil, but it's what's available to the plant. And uh, frankly, you have to take a, a approach that is very weakly extracts the nutrients from the soil because that mimics what the plants can extract. It's no point knowing that you've got a huge amount or one nutrient there, but you can't you can't pull it out. What's the point? And so a lot of the problems people have with plants boil down to not uh, not so much the pH. Uh, the pH does affect the plant growth, but it affects the plant growth due to the fact that the nutrients no longer become available. Uh, plants physically can tolerate a very wide range of acidity to alkalinity because they're not physically attacked. But if they can't reach the nutrients, access it, yeah. I can't access the nutrients, they just won't grow. Mm. So how do you change that? There is a, that's a very wide field. <laughs> There's lots of things you can do depending whether you're acid or uh, alkaline soil. If you're uh, acid, it's probably it's quite easy. You're just putting a bit of powdered limestone or uh, agricultural lime in there. And it takes a while, uh, but mix it in well and keep checking it uh, every few months. Now, actually, acid... Uh, destroying acidity is the easy part. You can always make it alkaline. Going the other way from alkaline to uh, more acidic, you don't want to go too acidic. The ideal for plants is between six and seven. Perth soils, if you're on this uh, grey bassendine sand, which mm. covers most of Perth, unfortunately, that can be, that can be quite acidic. It's around five, or you mean drop down even lower than that, and that is getting the acidic region. If you're near the coast, you've got the coastal limestone there, you're going to pH eight. Now, if you go down to less than six pH, you lose calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, and molybdenum. They won't be available to the plant. Even though they're there, they'll be locked up in forms that won't dissolve. If you go too high the other way, uh, you tend to lose the iron, manganese, zinc, copper and boron. And some of those, although required in very trace amounts, are still essential and they're still not available. So you have to modify your pH either to the plant... We'll get the plant for the right pH. There are two options you, you, you can have. Well, a lot of our callers ring in, don't they, mm, Hilary? That's right. And they've got a pH of between 7.8 and about 13. Yeah. So, so there, a lot of people ring in with the, you know, the yellowing leaves, yeah. with the green vein. Yeah. So, and so this is most of the the problems that we see on the coastal strip are just that there's they can't there's no iron and manganese available. No. So you see those deficiencies. In the in the leaf, so 
Tell tell us how we're going to drop the uh, drop the pH there. Well, dropping the Barry. pH, uh, there's several several ways you can do it. Uh, some better than others. I think with this program that was going, you're favouring organic material. Mm. Uh, mm. I tend to favour doing the natural way. Uh, manure helps, but it's a biological process, not a chemical process. So it's going to take time. Mm. So you really got to be looking maybe a year later. And most uh, gardeners would be putting on uh, organic material anyway. Mm. So that means you need to, sorry to interrupt, but you need to prepare the soil yes, a year well, before beforehand. you're going to Hopefully. plant. Or you can keep, can keep adding uh, organic matter each year and you very, very slow process. You'll get there eventually. You'd need something like uh, three kilos of cow manure per square metre to reduce the pH from eight to seven. Mm. Wow. Now that's a lot of well, that's a lot of poo. That's a lot of poo. <laughs> I was about to say it myself, actually. <laughs> so, oh, wow. And it's slow. But... Uh, Going from eight to seven is a huge change. Yeah. So think about it, because people don't realise the pH scale is not linear. You know, yeah. eight's not you know one seventh more than seven. There's a factor of ten, 10. difference. Right. The difference between the pH is six. Say, so let's go say pH six and four. It's a hundredfold difference in acidity. That's a huge difference. Mm. So even if you can change it by half a pH unit, you may bring it down into the region where the plants can access some of the nutrients. So uh, manure is one way of going it. Uh, one very acidic organic matter is actually pine needles. Pine mm. needles are very acidic. So I don't know how common that is in the gardening places, but that, that does drop it. People use uh, elemental sulphur. Yeah. Uh, they're called uh, flowers of sulphur. Flowers of sulphur, yeah. Now, now that also requires a microbiological attack because uh, it oxidizes, it forms sulfuric acid in your soil, mm. but don't get alarmed, because you've got an alkaline soil and this neutralizes the alkaline soil. Mm. If you've got Lots of limestone there, unfortunately. It becomes very uneconomical. It's real hard mm. to reduce it too much. Yeah, you say uneconomical. So how much does it cost to change these kinds of soils if, you, if you're oh. really starting out in a bad It depends position. how keen a gardener you are. Yeah, okay. Also depends too on clay. Uh, for example, if you had clay, you need four to five times as much uh, amendment to change the pH. Clay resists the change in the soil pH mm. very strongly. So mm. sandy soil, you might get away with something like 30 grams per square metre. Clay, you're looking at 120, 140 grams per square metre. Mm. So you've got clay soils, you're really up against it, unfortunately, in changing pH. Other things you can do, uh, acidic fertilisers. Mm. There's uh, diammonium phosphate, for example. You can use uh, ammonium nitrate, I don't think that's going to be too popular now because it's been used in bombs. Uh, ferric sulphur. probably hard to get hold of. Oh, I think it would be. <laughs> I think you have people knocking on your door instead of buying ammonium nitrate for your garden nowadays. <laughs> so I think it's probably gone off the market. There's also peat. But, uh, yeah, diammonium di- phosphate is one way of doing it because ammonia will certainly uh, cause, react with the soil and cause things to drop. And that's fairly quick. The emergency way of doing it, and I don't, I'm not 100% Don't happy. recommend it? There's aluminium sulphate. That will drop your pH dramatically mm. immediately. Mm. But unfortunately, pH, uh, the aluminium has a side effect of killing plants. Yeah. So it's a bit of a side effect, actually. Yeah. And it's not really good to put in your veggie patch, I have no. to say. I right. wouldn't recommend it. And, some, you know, some of our soils are very high in aluminium anyway. Yeah. Especially so Barry, around capel and yeah. stuff. But that, that, one of the reasons I've brought Barry in to talk about um, Chem, Chem Centre have their open day yes. next Saturday. Yes. Is, is that true. correct? This guy's a great opening for me to uh, push yes. open day. Yeah. It's extremely popular. And not just gardeners, it's uh, the whole population. We've got a lot of exhibits on, mainly because uh, we've found the public don't realise what we actually do do. Mm. When we say mm. or tell somebody we do this, oh, we never knew you did that. Mm. So we actually provide the chemical and for forensic science services to WA. Basically keeps WA safe yep. and keeps it fairly prosperous because yep. we have a lot of project work on, increasing yields and things like that. We do things like... Uh, probably hear about us on emergency response there's a spill somewhere Ah, or somebody gets a white powder in the mail or something happens 
We work very closely with FISA, mm. maybe because we want to identify if it's an unknown spill, what is it? How do we get rid of it? We also uh, assist the police when these clan lab uh, busts, as it were, because the they chemistry is there to just check out all the chemicals. Because right. there are many, many dangerous chemicals used in clan labs yeah. that blow up every now and then yeah. too. Yes, so yes. they go out and sort it out. <laughs> and that's a great opportunity for the younger people, by the way, yeah. because uh, we're doing an emergency zone response. The kids will dress up in these hazmat suits. Yes. They go through a simulated clan lab. They'll come out and get decontaminated. Oh, wow. Fantastic. <laughs> a tremendous photo opportunity <laughs> for the parents. Yeah, you know, gee. Kids love that. <laughs> We've also got, for other people who are interested, we've got the Hogwarts potion stand. Ooh. We do the magic stuff from Hogwarts. Again, probably appeal to younger people. Yeah. Love that. We've got rocket science stands where you have big bangs at regular intervals. I think hour intervals <laughs> would be a big bang. Okay. But then for the... Uh, and there's a lot of forensic work on there. There's a blood and gore stand. Oh. I don't much of blood and gore they got there, but you've got things there, how to capture, capture a villain, microscope work and things like that. Mm. So it's a lot of our hands-on interactive for the children, but the adults are not forgotten. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. We've got the interlab tours that go off on uh, 20 minutes long. They go off uh, every half hour. There's one on the environmental science uh, lab floor. That's where yeah. I, I'm currently working. There's one on the forensic area, which... And forensics is an area even I need a swap, can't get in with a swipe card. Oh, OK, you know, yeah, yeah. It's an imagine. opportunity for the public to walk down the corridor yeah. and see High some of the security. stuff. Yeah. So, Barry, that's happening next weekend? It is. Whereabouts? This is happening on the Curtin campus on uh, Building 500. It's the building facing Manning Street, uh, Man, sorry, Manning Road. It's the one with all the 50 pipes sticking out of the ceiling. The oh, roof, that one, yes. The tall one. Yep. Yes, the pipes give it away. <laughs> right, right near Curtin Uni. Yeah, we're actually on Curtin You're Uni on campus. Curtin Uni you know, campus. And the yeah. best entrance is the Manning Road uh, Townsing Drive uh, intersection. Traffic lights there, so you don't have to wait forever. What like time? Uh, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And lots of parking, so don't worry yes, about parking. parking. Uh, yeah. So we're happy with the parking side. So now, what can we provide for the gardeners? Mm. We actually do some simple soil testing and actually we're really close to the entrance. Right. The soil testing we do is going to be pH and it's going to be uh, called EC. Don't worry about EC. EC is another way of measuring salinity. Mm. Uh, which bring along your soil, uh, a Ziploc brag, uh, let's say about five tablespoons of soil. Okay, keep the weeds and stuff out of it. Just, it was, we just want the dirt. <laughs> just a wee dirt <laughs> yeah. bag full. Come, come to our little stand there. We, 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 we marked... Just give us your name, we'll put it on a piece of paper and we put a number on your packet yep. and put a number on your on the result sheet. Come back in about, oh, say, 30 minutes and we'll give you a pH value and an EC value. Now, we'll also give you on the sheet, it'll give you numeric value for your pH and it'll give you a range telling you how you can rate your pH. We go from 4.5, which is very acidic, to uh, 9.5, which is strongly alkaline. And you'll be able to see, we've got a chart there so you can see it. Brilliant. So it all happens, um, yeah, that day. So you can Next go and get day. it tested and, yeah, yeah, and on the day. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. Not, you're not going to wait come to during the week. Barry, and, yeah, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah. The EC is just short for electrical conductivity. Basically, mm. if you've got a lot of salt there, the solution conducts a lot of electricity. So yeah. we can convert that measurement there to how much salt you've got in your soil. Yeah. So, salinity is not a huge problem, generally speaking. It's the pH that's the problem. Mm. And so I think pH would probably be the single most important uh, parameter you can measure for your soil because you don't get that right. Why waste your money on Why everything, everything yeah, else? Yeah, you know? that's right. We've got um, a few uh, callers to get to, Barry, but yep. look, that's Sorry. great service that you're offering for people next weekend. So it's from Saturday, 10 o'clock um, at the Curtin Uni campus there at Chem yep. Centre. Manning Road entrance. Wonderful. Thanks Fantastic. so much for your time. Glad Thanks, to be here. Barry. That's okay, Barry bye. Price there from Chem Centre. It's uh, half past nine. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA.
What a great thing. Free soil testing. I know. On the day. I love Science Week because there's heaps of stuff going on. Yeah. It's the best week it's ever. very cool. Hey, um, we'll get to some calls. Yeah, there's let's been do. some uh, patient yep. people waiting on the line. Let's go first to Mandra. Tina is there with a question. Hi, Tina. Hi. Hello. How are you? Yeah, good, Tina. Uh, Sabrina, a couple of problems I've got. Yeah. Uh, one, I've got a little apple tree. It's a dwarf apple tree in a pot. Yeah. I've had it for about five years. The first two years were great. Anyway, uh, the last couple of years have been really bad. The um, the bark has come off the main trunk Ooh. and the leaves are looking really motley and awful. Okay, that's not a good sign, Tina. Now, you need to... Because uh, does the... The peeling of the bark at the base, does it go, is it up in the, uh, further up the tree on branches yeah, and things? Yeah, it's about, uh, it's taken almost three quarters of one side and the other one's still okay. Okay, so what you need to do is you need to spray that with an anti-rot. Anti-rot. Yeah, so you buy it in a liquid form, you mix it up in a um, spray bottle and you have to spray the entire apple. Oh, Okay. And uh, can you tell me too, I've had it in the same pot all the time. Do you have to, you know, change the soil or what? Well, how many, when you say long time, how long? About five years. Well, look, with the problems that it's got now, I would definitely lift it up, get rid of that potting mix and put it in new potting mix. New one. Yeah. Um, Can I do it now? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. Now, I've got another apple tree nearby and that's looking, not looking good either. Well, you need, to, yeah, you need to do the same, same, thing, same thing. thing, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, also, I've got a mandarin tree which has been in there for about seven years. Mm. hasn't produced anything. I've uh, got a couple of little mandarins last year. Mm. But um, it, the trunk is stunted, you know, it's... The bottom, like, with uh, So that means that the graft, so that what it's been grafted on, and this yeah. quite you quite often see this in mandarins, the graft is more robust. I mean, the root is more robust than the top graft. So uh, I see it all the time in mandarins. Uh, um, I would just get another mandarin. Oh. Or, or what you have to do, Tina, is you've got to foliar feed it. So you need to get a liquid fertiliser yep. and you need to spray the leaves every two to three weeks until it starts showing good growth. Oh, okay then. So do that first before you yep. rip it out. And see yeah, how it goes. Okay, I'll give it that go. <laughs> okay. Good luck, Tina. Thank you for your Thank call. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. The number to call if you've got a question for Sabrina Hahn. We're here until ten o'clock before Sports Talk with Clint Wilden on ABC Radio Perth and WA. And you were talking, Sab, earlier about your dancing man, yes. um, gardening dancing man. Lorraine's just shared it to our ABC Perth Facebook page, so <laughs> I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I'm sure it's wonderful. So it's a it's a cracker. Head there if you'd like to see that. Uh, let's. Let's go to Dianella. Anne is on the line and you've got a question about cuttings uh, for camellias, oh, Anne. Yes. Look, I'm um, moving house and so I'm sort of getting, clearing all my plants around the place and I've got some people who are interested in my camellia tree. Yeah. However, I don't know whether it's time to dig them out and can I take cuttings from them to keep them myself? You can do both. And I have to tell you, now is the best time to take cuttings because... Has it finished flowering yet, Anne? 
No, there's still flowers on them. Okay, so the best time to take the cuttings is when it finishes flowering and you take the new growth. You'll see it's got all, it'll have new growth above where it's flowered. That's what you want. You want those cuttings. So you can grow it from cuttings, but you can also dig it up and transplant it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, Thank you very much. I do both, Anne. You cover all, you cover everything that way. Yeah. How good is that? Happy moving. Thanks thanks Thanks, for your call, Anne. Um, We'll get to some texts in a moment. Let's take one um, call, though, from Helen in Parkerville. Hi, Helen. What's your question for Sabrina? Oh, hi, Sabrina. I've got a question for you. I think I might know what you're going to say, but I'm going to check it out. Okay. My, I've got cauliflowers and broccoli that I grow every year. Yeah. This and Chinese cabbage, you yep. know, the wombok. Yeah, yeah. This year I've had some really bad, strange things happening. The cauliflower's gone to flowers very quickly, didn't form a ball. Yep. And the Chinese cabbage bolted and didn't form a cabbage centre. Okay, so with the cauliflower, there's a couple of things that can be. Um, it may be a boron deficiency, but I would suggest when, how long ago did you put the cauliflower in? Uh, end of May, May. Yep. Yeah, and so, then it had the June, which was a bit warmish. That's exactly right. That's what I'm about to say. So with cauliflower, they need that cold snap. Right. When they're at a very young age, if they don't get it, they'll bolt to seed. And of course, there's nothing that we can do about that. No, and is it edible? Those oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> definitely edible. Um, now with your wombok, yep. uh, it's the opposite. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, it's actually been too cold for them. Okay. Um, but it can also be a trace element deficiency. So, mm. um, I, mean, I know that Parkerville gets colder than sort of on the coastal strip. That's true. Um, and sometimes if you get that really wet, cold night, the wombox just do not like it at all. Okay, so they just go straight upwards yep. and don't form a, yep. a nice... don't bulb. form a heart inside. Oh, what a shame. What Helen, I know, you look at it and you go, all that effort, effort. and the bloody things are just <laughs> not giving me what I want. They're not giving me what I want. That's exactly right. Also, I have heard you talk about a product called Slasher. Yes, yes, it's a it's a weed killer. Is it safer than glycosate? Much, 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 much safer, and you can use it around your veggie patch. Right. Now, much. it's non-selective, meaning whatever you put it on, it will kill it. Okay. So same as glyphosate. N- yes, but of course glyphosate remains in the soil and has all sorts of other issues with issues it. Issues with it. Um, and so um, the the that weed killer is made. It's not a herbicide. It's a weed killer, and it's made from an oil from Pelagonians. So it's very safe to use. Wonderful. So yeah. it's. Is it as safe as the recipe you gave us just a while yeah, ago? Yeah, absolutely. Just as Definitely. safe as the vinegar and salt? Yep, absolutely. But vinegar and salt, you have to wait for a hot day. Yeah, it's more effective when it's warm. Oh, yeah. thank, 
Thank you very much, okay. Sabrina. Thank Thanks, you, Helen. Helen. Thank you. Bye. She's a careful listener. She, she knows a lot about what I know. you've been saying, which is I fantastic. Know. It's bloody good. Yeah, nice one. It's uh, 22.10. You can call through. There's a couple of lines free. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. But let's uh, whip through some text messages. Still the bongos, Sabrina? Oh, yes, I love the bongos. Okay, let's go bongos. And uh, we'll get to one question. Oh, actually, this is a great one. Yes. From uh, Justin in Rowlands. Mm-hmm. He says, um, hi, ladies, miniature Rose. 20 years old, very precious to wife. Uh, only a few main shoots that are very straggly for the last five years. Very mm. woody at the base. What do you have to do to turn it into a nice bush again? Not an option to replace it. <laughs> in <laughs> capitals, says okay, Justin. Hey, Justin. Now, miniature roses are actually really good to grow from a cutting. Um, it's a little bit early yet, so take a cutting in spring. So you'll need to take the cutting, needs to be about 20 centimetres long. You bury 10 centimetres of it in the in the pot. So put it in potting mix in a pot. Try and get a really cheap potting mix that doesn't have uh, fertiliser in it. Definitely dip it in a hormone gel. So you get a purple hormone gel. Um, dip it in that and then take a few cuttings. The other thing you can do with the miniature rose is where I know it's woody at the bottom, but wherever the straggly, weak looking stem Bits. is, yep. cut it with a knife or a scalpel, or you can scrape a bit of the bark off. Then you pin that down into the ground with a wire pin um, so that that's making contact with the soil. Right. And it will develop roots from that wound. Huh. And then once you see new growth come out of it, then you sever it from the parent plant and that's your entirely new plant. Now, if it's looking not very flash at the moment, I would definitely give it a fungal spray because it may have something, some rot around the root zone. Um, so you can uh, get, get a copper oxychloride spray or liquid copper and spray it with that. Wonderful. Justin, good luck. Um, That's great to keep that very precious rose bush alive. Uh, We've got Jim who wants to know, is there a shrub resistant to white ants? It's a big problem where he lives in Mandra. Now, termites will... I, I, I guess there is some of the wattles are termite resistant and some white of the ants, wattles... Are the white ants the same thing? Uh, well, really people same? call them white ants. Oh, okay. They're actually termites. Termites, right, OK. Yeah. Um, I don't know of termite resistant plants. They usually go for weak plants um, and they'll attack those. I'll have to do a bit of research on that. Um, but I don't... I, I guess the hardwoods would be (laughs) Um, but I'm not too sure on that okay I haven't seen anyone do a list on termite resistant plants come back to us I I will I'll check that out maybe move Jim move move place um just one more text before we go back to the phones uh Bridget and Narajan says how can she get rid of clover in her kukuyu lawn oh well you know, you've got the you've got the um, the slasher. You've got the clove oil weed killer. You've got the salt and vinegar trick. You'll have to keep at it though, because look, with clover, the best thing you can you can also use um, uh, a really high nitrogen fertilizer, mm-hmm. and that poisons it. 
So, well, basically it's it's a nitrogen fixer. Clovers fix nitrogen. And then when you add ammonium nitrate, it sort of burns the root system. But, you know, one way, it's, it's kaikuyu. As soon as spring and summer comes, it's just going to cover the, you know, the, the clover will go. Yep. Just hand weed it. I know that it's arduous or you get one of those weed killers that I was talking about and just keep hitting it with it. Alrighty, Good luck, Bridget, in Narragin. It's a quarter to ten. We'll take your calls next. This is Roots and Shoots Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Alrighty, uh, you've got some information for us, Sabrina. I have very important information. Very important information. Um, before we get some more calls, yes, um, it's raining out there today. It's pouring, I do believe, and there are the winds dropped though. Um, yeah, that's good. But um, it's going to pick up again later on, I think. A very special girls getting married uh, today. Hannah McKay is getting married. Yes, to, yeah. To Kieran today and um, my daughter Lucy. It's her best friend all through school. Wow, it's her BFF. So Hannah. It may be raining, but it's going to be the most awesome day and I'm sure it'll just be perfect. Oh, it will be. It'll be so dramatic as well. I know. There might be thunder and lightning (laughs) as well. No, no, there won't be that, Hannah. Have a great day and congratulations to you and Kieran. Yeah, congratulations to anyone getting married today. I know, brave little souls. We have um, Kate in Esperance on the line. A question about moving grapes. Um, Kate, what do you want to do there? I've got some grapes, uh, some white ones and some red ones. They've been in for about four years mm-hmm. and we just are moving, so we want to move them. Yep, no when worries. Time and no worries at all. Okie doke, you need to prune them back hard, Kate, mm-hmm. and then you just dig them up, put them in a pot and take them wherever you're going to next. That easy. It's that easy. Grapes transplant really well. The other thing is, Kate, at this time of the year, you know when you prune it right back, yep. keep some of the prunings for cuttings oh, and grow them okay. from cuttings as well. Okay. Um, so your cuttings will need to be, they can be about 30 centimetres long, about a ruler length, and um, you want them, you want to bury half of the cutting in in the ground or in a pot uh, and they grow really well from a cutting. Excellent. So you and it's a good time to do all of that right now. Well, not right now. It might be raining in Esperance, <laughs> but you know when the um, when the weather's a little bit not so wet. I haven't started raining here yet. Mm. Oh, good. Perfect then. <laughs> good luck with the move out there with the spade and the secateurs today, Kate. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks okay. for your call. Can you keep them in pots for a little while if you're yeah, not moving absolutely. for? A, yeah. yeah, keep them in pots for years. Fantastic. Mm. Go grapes. Mm. Um, Neil is in Melville. Hi, Neil. What's your question for Sabrina? Hi, I usually garden in Melville. Hello, ladies. Hello, Neil. But I'm up at the gold fields on, near the highway. Oh, nice see, one. Um, very big trucks full of ammonium nitrate go past all the time. Ah, and, what, and that's probably for the mining industry. Of course, to blow things up. Yep. Isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the same thing that we put on our citrus tree when we're feeling a bit full? Well, I would suggest that the concentration of that ammonium nitrate, uh, yeah, it is basically, but it's probably at a much higher concentration, Neil. So I wouldn't be dipping into those trucks and getting a little bucket full. 
Well, you could put it in a bucket and let it evaporate a bit. Yeah, you could. You could definitely do that, and I would use it very sparingly, Neil. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I like a beer or two. <laughs> my other question is: uh, I hear you on the radio all the time because I'm always on the ABC. Yeah. Good. Good. Middle of the night with Trevor Chapel, this, there, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm an insomniac. Well, you must be because you like a wine and you probably sleep as little as I do. (laughs) How do you manage it? I just ignore the fact that I'm ageing, Neil, and still pretend that I'm 12 years old. <laughs> and, and, keep and going. I just keep on going, Neil. It's all about your attitude to life, and I think your life is probably only around 80 years if you're lucky. Uh, so you may as well enjoy every day. Fantastic. I'm only 55. Oh, that, Neil, you've got years of playing up and having fun. Oh, my mother wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> Your spring chicken, Neil. Hey, thanks All for right. calling in. What can you see right now? Are you right out, out in Kalgoorlie or where are you? No, I'm just outside of Kew. It's a bit cloudy and, and, yeah, it's lovely. There's birds everywhere and not many wildflowers. But... No, no, I think it might be a bit bit dry on the old wildflower scene this year. Yeah. Up no, around Kew. Right. It's easier to detect when there's not too many plants around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, Neil. doesn't get in the way of things. Thanks well, for calling yeah. through. You have a good one. You too. Why the um, low wildflower season this year, Sabrina? Well, they didn't get a lot of rain in right. inland, didn't really penetrate too far. They had a bumper wildflower season last year, but I don't I don't think the rain's just, it hasn't got there soon Not enough. Not going to get there. So, yep. Mm. Um, we've got about 11 minutes left. If ah, you'd like to call through for Roots and Shoots, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Hilary Smale with you and Sabrina Hahn this week on ABC Radio WA. Uh, Veronica is in Wanneroo and you've got a question about geraniums, I understand. Veronica, what's, what's going on there? Yes, my um, over the years, the, my geraniums and pelargoniums um, uh, develop um, b- brownish leaves and, and uh, they fall off. Ah, that's a fungal disease, I reckon, Veronica. Right. So what you need to do is you need to spray them with copper oxychloride. Right. And you, but you need to get it under the backs of the leaves. Right. So you can get there's a lovely little spray gun. It's only a one litre spray gun and it has a gooseneck nozzle yes so that when you spray it it all automatically goes underneath the leaf it's a snazzy little device yes yes yep so copper oxychloride on the backs of the leaves and what are they lacking in um, manure sort of thing you know fertilizer Uh, no No. i wouldn't be putting manure on them i'd just I'd put fertiliser on them, Veronica. Yes. So get a, you know, just yes. a, a fertiliser that's got all the minerals Isn't on it. it. Right. Don't, you've got to be careful with manure with geraniums. They can rot. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, the, they flower lovely when, they, when they're out, you know. Yeah. When it comes out, just yeah. they get these uh, yeah. brownish leaves. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's, that's what you need to do, get that right. copper spray on them. Okay. And I, I did ask um, the lady... Um, when uh, about the row eight highway, yeah, you, you when the when the, uh, the the trouble was there going and all the people were doing things with it, yeah, you said if they didn't uh, get some soil back into the ground where they had been <coughs> removing the trees, etc., yeah, um, that they'd lose the, the you know the the place wouldn't be any good anymore. Right, but I haven't heard anything about if. if if the government or anybody um, had been doing anything with that area? 
Well, as far as I can see, it's been all fenced off. But, of course, the big problem with bulldozing something and then leaving it is erosion. Yeah, well, that's what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then the first thing to come back, of course, will be weeds. Yeah, yeah. I thought with the, the so rain... So yeah, I'm not too sure what what's happened from yes. that. We, we need to do an update yeah. on that. No, interesting question there, Veronica. Thanks for calling through. Um, Sabrina, Paul and Broom's done your homework for you. <laughs> Excellent. Don't even need to uh, worry about that because people were asking about uh, termites. White yeah, termite-resistant plants. So iron bark and steel magnolias are termite-proof. There boom. you go. Boom, boom, Paul. <laughs> boom, boom. Well done. Uh, iron bark and steel magnolias. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What are they? Are they like good trees and stuff to have in your well, garden? Well, you, you know, yeah, you've got if you've got something made of iron and steel, I reckon that would be pretty termite-proof, <laughs> Hillary. I think it's probably you know they probably their growth rate would be a lot slower. <laughs> I would suggest, but um, well done, Paul. Nice one. But quick off the mark. Oh, for very very quick. First thing in the morning. Um, Rue is in Applecross. Hi, Rue. What's your question for Sabrina this morning? Uh, g'day, girls, Sabrina and Hilary. Thanks for the fantastic show. Look, I've got uh, two beautiful cycads yeah. in front of my home. I'm right on the front of the river copping an absolute blast in the winter, obviously, mm. and uh, boiling hot sun in the summer. Yeah. They are getting heaps of water. I bought a soil testing kit. Everything else around and everything else in the garden is in top condition. Yep. Great for me. I'm a really keen gardener. Yeah. Um, they've been in my garden now here. I had them in pots originally, uh, but they've been in here about five years. And they're about four foot by four foot. Wow. And they are completely browned off. Oh. Okay. I've Poured, I poured tea late on them. I bought a soil testing kit yep. and left this into the guy and I dump a couple of bags of cows on them. Yeah. Okay, so the chelates is iron and yep. they've actually got a manganese deficiency. Right. So there's two things that cause that. One is there's a mite that gets okay. on them, on the backs of the leaves, and the other thing... The other thing that happens is that that trace element deficiency. Okay. Now, what I suggest is you get liquid trace elements. Yeah. Uh, which, because it's much more effective if you do it as a foliar spray, and you will yeah. need to do it every fortnight. Okay. So, so this, um, this iron chelates will only give it iron. But okay. what you've got is you'll have manganese, you could have a magnesium deficiency, there could be, a, you know, there could be other deficiencies. So okay. rather than just single one element okay. of iron, you're better off putting everything on right. it. On the, on the, I just read you quickly on the back of this thing I've got mm-hmm. here, this product. It's got uh, zinc. Um, manganese, um, da-da-da-da, something else manganese on there. Okay. And how – so it takes about six weeks for that to uh, – did you put it on as a – on the soil or on the plant? No, I put I, – I stood on the brand and I yes. put it with the watering can over the top of it. Okay. But even the new frogs that used to come up beautiful and green. Yeah. Really stunning. Yeah. When they're in full good-looking. Yep. They, it made absolutely no difference whatsoever, hun. And the new shoots that are coming up are also browned off. Okay. So – you need to get um, now. If you get the liquid, if you get the liquid trace elements, yeah, that's going to be absorbed much quicker. Okay, okay. Now the other thing is, then you have to deal with the mites, and mites can be a little bit tricky to get rid of. Right. Um, so you need to use a potassium soap. Okay. And spray the backs of the leaves. And you, you know how spiky the bugs are, don't you? Sorry. 
You need a you need a, a boiler suit to get near these plants. Oh, I know, Rue. I know. I've I've I, got I, the scars I, of psychads. Prickly, are they? Mm. I, oh yeah. I, I don't know whether I'll just get the chainsaw and take them out. <laughs> no, no, no. See, see how you go with uh, see how you go with the potassium soap, All right. and also it's with potassium the potassium soap. Hey, yeah, it's potassium and, soap. And do you go mix it up, or do you do um, you buy it as, as a product? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You buy it. It's a liquid and you just mix it with water and then spray the backs of the leaves. Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah, I'll yeah. I'll have a long handle spray after that. All right. Yep, yep. Okay. It's got, it's got the directions on the potassium. So yeah, yeah. It tells you exactly exactly what oh, quantities that, and things. fantastic. I don't know how anything can live on them. They've been blasted to smithereens. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. <laughs> Good on you, Ruth. Thanks for your question. Thanks, Thanks, Ruth. Cheers. I think we've got time for uh, one more call anyway from Mark in Boyer. Mark, where's that? Where's Boyer? Boyer's down south. Is it? Mm. No, no, no. No? Boyer, B-O-Y-A. It's uh, next to Darlington in the hills. Oh, yes, Ah. yes, yes. It is too, yeah. One of the smaller suburbs. Yeah. We bought a property up there um, last January. Yeah. And uh, we've done a lot of cleaning up. It's probably been left to run for a while. Yep. What we're looking at is planting some uh, uh, Bushes, thickish bushes, maybe maximum two metres, natives preferably. Yep. But uh, the soil is only about only about maybe 300 mil of, of good soil and yeah. not that solid clay. It's clay. Absolutely. Now, Mark, near you is one of the best nurseries for planting natives. Yep. So, uh, and they have a very long list of plants that will do, because basically you've got... You know, you've got duplex soil because you've got that heavy clay and then you've just got the little bit of topsoil. So so basically what you need is you need clay plants. You need trees that will get through clay. So I would definitely go there, show them or tell them what your soil type is because you've got a pretty big list of stuff that will grow there. Okay. So that that really is your best bet. There's no point in me giving you a plant list if you can't get the plants. So, um, and they know all that soil type up there. So that would be my first port of call. Okay, all right, fantastic. Okay, there you go, Mark. Thanks, Thank Mark. you. And uh, a couple of um, calls. We had one from Budgie in Trigg, and mm-hmm. he said that everyone should check out Dirt, the movie, whether you're a gardener or not. Ah. And also one from John. Um, he works on a mine site, and when they clear the weeds, the first thing to come back are the wildflowers as they don't have to compete with anything. So Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but John's unfortunately in the city, uh, you know, we've got a lot more weeds, mm. but... It would be great to think the wildflowers would come back to that area that's been bulldozed, but I can already see the weeds that are just shaping up. Yeah. Mm. Hey, just one little um, text that's come through from Therese, and I wanted to uh, get your take on it, Sabrina, because it's to do with peppercorns, which yeah. is just delicious. Yeah. So can she use the seeds in the kitchen? She's in Gigi Gannup. Yeah, of course. Yeah? Yeah. How do you pick them and use them? Uh, off the pepper tree? Yeah. Um, well, you just pick them and you put them in your grinder and you just grind and them. And you do it? Yeah. You don't need to dry them or anything? Well, you can dry them because yeah. they're really zesty when they're fresh. Yep. Um, or you can dry them. You just lay them on a tray inside so that they j- put it on paper towel and they just dry out. Nice uh, green peppercorns. Mm. Yummy. Thank mm. you. Uh, my pleasure. Enjoy the wedding. Oh, I will. This I'm afternoon. Gonna frock up. What are you going to wear? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not, 
Not gum boots, I've been told. Oh, I'm okay. not allowed to wear gum boots. <laughs> Some other kind of fancy shoes. <laughs> Lovely. Sabrina, thanks so much. Um, Sabrina, but we'll be back with you on Wednesday afternoon with Gillian O'Shaughnessy and also next week with Di Darmody here on Roots and Shoots from 9 o'clock. Sports Talk is next with Clint Wilden. They'll be talking to West Coast Eagles coach Adam Simpson and also uh, talking further about the future of the Western Force. Hope you stay here on ABC Radio. It's news time now, 10 o'clock.